KXNO. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon here on a Monday, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller with you for the next couple of hours. Talking sports with you, and thanks for spending some of your morning here with us. Uh, the BMW of Des Moines guest list looks like this. Bottom of the hour, we'll catch up with Nick Oson. He covers Iowa State at 24-7 Sports. Uh, he'll join us to kick off the First hour of the program at 11.05, Matt Rudy, Golf Digest, will help us with the uh, Masters. We will uh, put a bow on uh, just a kind of a boring tournament, quite honestly. We'll get into that here coming up with Trent as uh, uh, Scheffler made it a, a runaway. Boy, did you see him trying to putt, putt on 18? Was that nerves? or He four-putted the 18th. It's not an easy green. No, but man, most most years that's going to come back. But I guess when you got, how far was he up? Was he up six? I think that's what it was, yeah. Something crazy anyways, but uh, good for him. It was a, a no doubt about it. So Matt Rudy will talk about that with us. So um, just Tiger's one of the bigger stories of the Masters. For all you haters out there, sorry, but it just mm-hmm. is. Uh, and then uh, Scott Dockerman will join us. As we'll talk about Iowa, he's got a long form piece I read this morning at the Athletic on Tyler Linderbaum and what he means to the community, what we what uh, moved him as as a young kid. Uh, it's a pretty good read. Uh, so we'll talk Hawks with Doc before Trent's play of the day. How are you? I'm doing all right. Feeling a little slow today. A little sluggish. You? Maybe I don't know if, if it was the Masters that that did it. Just didn't get the same excitement level. It really lacked it, didn't it? Yeah, Twins got off to a bad start. Finally got one mm-hmm. back in the win column yesterday. But yeah, just not what I hope out of the Masters coming yeah. in. And though Tiger was such a great story. Yep. And seeing, watching him walk up eighteen, Trent. That was great. He, no, watching him labor up eighteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he walked up, but you could just, I mean, it hurt to watch him take a step. But then seeing after he finished and the smile on his face, have we ever seen a smile like that from him? You think of the moments, and the most recent moment, the last green jacket he had in 2019 with 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 Charlie. Charlie, yeah. 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 That was good. Right. But this was prolonged. This was... Mm -hmm. This is some. This is a side of Tiger that I don't think we've ever seen. Before. Well, he doesn't let anybody see it. Well, I don't. I mean, I, I guess he obviously has it mm-hmm. because we it it came out yesterday. It's a fair question um, because yeah, he was euphoric almost, even though obviously it didn't uh, live up to his high standards of mm-hmm. how he plays the game. But just the fact that he was there, it was remarkable to watch him gut it out. I mean, he couldn't put to save his life on Saturday. No. And struggled a little bit. I mean, he played with John Rahm yesterday. I saw John Rahm, I think, on the final hole for the first time. I think there was one other cut maybe that I saw. There wasn't very many. Uh, But the leader, Scheffler, just... uh, Look, the tournament was won and lost, I think, on the third hole yesterday. When both um, uh, Cameron Smith, who who started out Mm birdie-birdie, to really, all right, here we go. And then Scheffler hits... uh, No, Smith hits his tee shot. It's left. But it was it was playable. Scheffler then puts his tee in the ground. I think he went, he started par par, and hit it way left. In fact, one of the announcers said, "I don't think I can ever recall a ball being hit that far left." Wow! 
and caught a huge break because the massive scoreboard was in the way of his next shot. So he got free relief. Did it make a difference? Well, we don't know. He promptly came out and in his second short shot, came up short, rolled all the way back. The door is open. Here's Cam Smith off to a birdie birdie start with a 58-yard wedge into the into the uh, onto the green and he comes up short. I went from watching Scheffler come up short on his second shot to before Smith hit his shot thinking, you know what? He may either be in front by a stroke mm-hmm. or at the very worst one back leaving three. Well, the chip and uh, the bump and run, <laughs> Scheffler Kansas. <laughs> I mean, right, right in the heart, right. And the tournament at that point, and and uh, Cameron Smith made bogey, so a huge swing, and the tournament was over at that point. If there was any other drama, maybe eleven when uh, when Smith made birdie yep. and and Scheffler made a really a nice par. And it then, felt like maybe there was a little chance of a tilt, and then twelve happened, and then twelve happened, and twelve has been a place yep. where this tournament, tournament has goes turned. to die. Yeah. Going back Hopes. to Tiger in 2019, mm-hmm. that was Molinari yeah. putting into the drink there. Right. There's been so many huge moments. Of course, Greg Norman, one of the most famous collapses in maybe sport. What he did in 1995, was it? 95, 96, right yeah, in that range. Yeah, that time period. Had yeah. the huge, huge lead and just collapsed on the back mm-hmm. nine, including, and that was kind of the start of things on 12. It's a, a hole that maybe should be a little more famous just yeah. because of... right. What do they call it? Do you remember what they even call that oh, one? Oh, who knows? I know. It's twice. Whispering something, I'm guessing. <laughs> Azalea. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, but you're right. I mean, it's, it's, it's the history of that hole, whether good or bad, and there's a lot of it bad as far as what it does to tournaments. It was... It was over at that point. Look, uh, Morikawa and McElroy, that was really cool on mm-hmm. 18, but it wasn't, didn't mean anything. It didn't. That, that was a perfect Rory moment, right? Yes. Play like crap for the week and then shoot mm-hmm. a 64 on Sunday. Right. Because the talent's not, it's never a problem mm-hmm. with Rory. He, he is as talented of a guy, maybe the side of DJ, you're going to find on tour. Yeah. It's, it was a disappointing tournament. It really was. With all the pomp and circumstance, yep. the Tiger being back and getting the weekend. Are and we pee-poo and, and Scheffler? So he was so good, it, it, and that's the part. He is what the fifth youngest guy to win a green jacket. Trent on Super Bowl Sunday, he won his first PGA Tour event, and all of a sudden now he's won four. Right, and the Super Bowl wasn't that long ago. <laughs> no, it was February, right. middle of February. He'd never won until that point. Since then, he's made ten million, including two point seven million that went to the into his coffers yesterday. It was, I mean, he's he's not robotic. He's just so good. He's, I mean, he's, he's, playing at a, he's playing at a different level right now. He's on one of those heaters that athletes get on, and man, he's enjoy it. And I think he's going to take this week off. I wouldn't <laughs> keep going. <laughs> he uh, won the junior amateur. This is a guy that's been talked about. Went to Texas, won the Big Twelve as a freshman. Shows you how good of a golfer mm-hmm. he was right away. In fact, the course that he won the Big Twelve tournament is where the U.S. Open is oh, going is to be it? played. Yeah, wow. uh, way back when he was a freshman. So this is a guy that kind of was just trending this direction. Yeah. He was going to be a good tour player, everybody. It's not an out-of-nowhere kind of story. You're right, kind of robotic, all right? Mm-hmm. Another good size he's white seldom, dude from the South. That, he seldom misses. Yeah, it's just, there's not a whole lot of meat to really tug on here. And though he's the fifth youngest to win a green jacket, he's still 25. He's not like when Tiger was 21, or even Spieth yeah. was 21. Right. Still 25, it's like, oh, he's been around for a while. Yeah. He was just, a journeyman until Super Bowl Sunday. A little bit better than that. Okay. I mean, yeah, in terms of wins, wins absolutely. Right. Yeah, but he'd yet to find the winner's circle. 
and he's just out there oh doing his gosh. thing. Yeah. Well, let's let's hope we get a little better run here at the PGA mm-hmm. coming up next month because that was a disappointing end to things. It's still beautiful scenery. Oh, it's still love the tournament. Yeah, me too. And the Tiger storyline went a long way mm-hmm. to make this a very memorable tournament. Yeah, even if, you, if the top. If you don't really have that trend, that's a really good point. If you don't have that, you certainly didn't have the uh, uh, the the back nine drama mm-hmm. uh, on, on Sunday. Yeah, maybe maybe Smith could have you know got into it a little bit. Like you said, Rory just started too late. He yeah. started too late. He shot 64. Um, there, that was in there. Lowry was hanging around and, you know, making making some shots, but he never really threatened at any time. It was a coronation of uh, of the world's number one player. Did you cash anything? I did. One. Uh, Cameron Smith, top five. Okay, that's yeah. pretty good. Three and a half to one. No, 330 to one. I got Morikawa top five. A uh, couple of top tens, but for the amount that I invested, yeah, me too. I did not get it back. I was close a couple. I got a little run for my money. I got yeah. Rory McIlroy thinking maybe he's going to get close if Scheffler comes back. You know, disappointed. I, I know a lot of people bet him was Brooks Kepka. Uh-huh. As you see that twenty to one, you think, wow, how could you pass this right. up? Right, that was pretty good. But um, it's funny uh, that uh, you would have thought with all the Tiger future money that <laughs> was bet at, at uh, sports with sports operators over the days leading up to it and during uh, the tournament, uh, with all that all that Tiger money uh, staying with the properties, you would have thought that they had a great tournament. They didn't. Really? And it's because Scheffler, the number one player in the world, essentially took the lead. And when you sat down here beside me, good thing for live betting. Yeah, well, there's I bet no on doubt. Saturday, I bet on Sunday. Yeah. You're not alone is my point. Oh, okay. that's, uh, that's why they got beat up because there was a lot of live betting throughout the tournament on Scotty Scheffler. And most of them come up losers in this thing. So they needed somebody to chase them down. Absolutely. Because I bet it both Saturday and Sunday morning before the rounds began. I bet... On Saturday at the time, he was minus 105, I think it was, minus 105 or maybe 110. Mm-hmm. So he was just a slight favorite at that point. And then again on Sunday, he was minus 225 that, yeah. going into Sunday, and I still fired more because I had to surround it a little bit. I did have a little Cam Smith money, uh, so I felt pretty good about that and really felt like he might be the only guy that could track mm-hmm. him down. That's what I thought, too. It didn't seem like there was anybody yep. else. So I felt good about that, and that meant I was able to invest a little bit more than I normally would in that one. But at live betting a golf, too, it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned, like, three, you know, just how quickly things can change. Mm-hmm. And you see that tee shot, and you hear them say it, and you hop on. Oh, I'm going to grab a little more yeah. Cam Smith here. It's a great sport to bet. It really is. It's one that you don't think about. But live betting golf might be as... Might be my favorite live sport right? to bet. And I'm trying to think now. Basketball is good. And we're getting to the basketball I like the most. That's NBA playoffs, yeah. betting live. Mm-hmm. Because the swings are as wild as any sport that you're going to five. And, and, and just watch it. Watch those 12-point leads and look at the money line that you can get on the other side. There's going to be a lot of betting opportunities. And it starts tomorrow night with our T-Wolves. Indeed. In the play And they're a slight favorite over the Clippers. Dropping. Right? Is it? It was three. I saw a couple of three and a halves mm-hmm. last night when the lines were posted. Saw this morning almost two and a half across the board. Uh, that was at about eight o'clock. So we'll get another glimpse here before the end of things. We'll play a little baseball today with our circuit plays at the end of the show. But I'm excited for it. Having the T-Wolves involved, that's a big yeah. thing for me. Yep. Get kind of the local level. The Bulls, boy, they feel like they're going to be one and done, though. I think. In fact, I'm going to be looking at maybe a sweet price for the Bucks Bulls. 
I'm going to be taking a peek at that too. Uh, let, let the audience know what that is once you find it, because that's, that's that's not a bad bet. Because I'm with you. I don't. I just don't think that. Well, we'll see. Right. I don't feel very good about the Bulls the way that they finished and the way they play against good teams. And well, you would think they're in the playoffs. They're going to run up against a bunch of them. We uh, at least one. Course talk weekly with David Kaplan from Chicago, and when we had Cappy on, but right before the season, I asked him, "Hey, the number's forty-four and a half. Oh, over easy." You know how many wins the Bulls finished with? 43. 45. Did they? They did. They hit it. Well, easy. It was barely over on that one. So did they need this game this weekend to, to go over? Yes. Wow, how about that? Needed the one uh, last night against the Wolves to get it over, and thank goodness for that. Well, we talked about that one like a week ago. They just had to go like 2-5 and five or something yeah. like that, and they got the two, <laughs> including last Your night. Your birthday's today. It is. Yeah, 42. How about that? I, I just 42. saw this on Twitter. I, I knew it was April. I didn't. Re- thank you, uh, Stephanie Gifford, for uh, alerting us. That's good. Yes. For the big four, too. Well, I told you I feel like crap this morning, too. Yeah, I just feel just, really tired. Getting old is awful. It is. It just keeps. I got too much you, sleep last night. Yeah, right. You got up yesterday morning. You're feeling great. Right. 42. It's, it's, it's a, over. It's a big. It's a big swing. It's definitely from downhill. 41 to 42. So what do you? What do? What do you got planned? Well, yesterday my wife uh, got us a sitter. So my niece came over, watched the kids. We went out and played nine and then watched the Masters afterwards and had dinner. So that was fun tonight. Still figuring out what we're going to do. Probably go out for dinner with the kids and do something like that. They uh, they got a birthday cake. Ella was very excited about that. Nice. So, you know, do the candles and the presents and all that fun stuff on top of it. But yeah, at this point in life, don't yeah. really need anything, right? No, no. no. If you do, you go get it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> a little bit different than it was back growing up. But yeah, yeah just uh, have that. Maybe have a, a beer to cap off the day and, and call it good and maybe early to bed again tonight. Uh, your twins play tonight. 640 first pitch as they try to get even against the Mariners. Rough start. Bats mm-hmm. weren't very good until mm-hmm. yesterday. And it started in the first inning. How about a couple home runs from Byron Buxton? Boy, one of them was just crushed. Just put him in bubble wrap. Yeah, absolutely. Trying. He's, he's a gifted player. Mm-hmm. A lot of folks have him as uh, took a flyer on him for the MVP. We can't make that wager uh, in Iowa. Maybe one year, but a lot of where um, in states you can. A lot of people took uh, Byron Buxton. Speaking of baseball, your takeaway from the Cubs getting off to a good start. Well, good for them. And yeah. they had every opportunity yesterday. They he wasted did. a start for Marcus Stroman, who was was really good. And, and as we said before, with him, he's so good at, uh, um, defending his position. He's got a Gold Glove. At least one. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's really a good fielding pitcher, um, but then they wasted it. They went to the bullpen, and Jesse Chavez was just a can of gas. He was terrible. Um, made it interesting, tied it, gave up the lead, and then here comes Josh Hader, and he does what he does. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. The the light spring training did not matter to Hader, is what you're no, saying. No, it, it, it sure doesn't. But it has mattered, I think, to managers. I don't know if they're overthinking it or not. They didn't get that extra week for their pitchers, and it's a long season. You want to err on the side of caution, so you can't be uh, too critical with that. But uh, as far as the Cubs go, good to see. This Suzuki something. You know, I was, I, I had no idea when they signed him, right? Mm-hmm. I'd never seen him play. Um, but he, but uh, watching him, um, you know, over the first three, was it? They played three games or four? Three. Three, yep. Uh, rain out on Rain Friday. out on, on whatever day. Yeah. yeah, rain out on Friday, right. Um, yeah, cold day on Thursday. He's fun. He can hit the ball, hit a home run. Um, he's got. He's a good stick. He's a good fielder. It's good signing. Really good signing. You're gonna like him. Now, if they can get and the pitching's been good. Hendricks was uh, okay uh, in the first uh, start of the year. So we'll see where they go from there. And then uh, J- Justin Steele was really good. Where'd that on come Saturday? From? I don't know, but he was good. So 
<laughs> speaking of that, we basically everybody played three games, right? There's a couple yeah. of fours, but I, yeah. guess how many starting pitchers pitched seven innings? Oh my gosh! I, I well, I know the answer is really low. At least mm-hmm. I would be surprised that it's not. I'm going to go none. No, four, four. Kyle Gibson for the Phillies. Manaya in his first start for the Padres. Uh, Hermaine Marquez for Colorado and Robbie Ray. Four pitchers. Uh-huh. But there were so many guys. Now well, they're at 60 pitches. Right. I get playing with kid gloves. Mm-hmm. I understand that it was limited spring training, but are we going too far? Are we going to sound like two old guys just pitching on the radio? <laughs> yeah, the answer is yes. Yes, yeah. Um, <laughs> Welcome to 10 to noon. I'm sure it's enough. Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, so, the, so the answer there is yes. What you're also seeing is there's a lot of um, extra days rest coming into play this year. Yes. And the numbers were elevated last year like no year ever before. Mm-hmm. And apparently that's, uh, you know, if you think you're going to get your pitcher back every five days, you can count them. If you're setting your fantasy lineup, yes. you, you know, you want that Monday, Saturday mm-hmm. or Tuesday, Sunday uh, guy in your rotation because you're going to get him twice. Probably not going to be the situation. I know the Twins are going with the six-man rotation mm-hmm. early on, and that's something that might continue. But it's just the way of the world. And yeah. you look at anything that measures us analytically. It makes sense. It just it feels so different as we go through it and see, oh, man, top of the four, all right. <laughs> Walks a guy, and all of a sudden there's the bullpen going to work yep. right away in yep. the fourth. Yeah. I mean, just unthinkable things in the past. Trent, I settled in on, on Friday night uh, to watch my squad. Yeah. The, the Blue Jays, right? Uh, they they had a full house. First time they had a full house since before the pandemic. Oh, that's right, yeah. Of course, the two years they couldn't play in They're Canada. in Buffalo and Florida. <laughs> Buffalo and Florida. Um Settled in. I couldn't wait. I watched the, the anthem. I, I stood up. I, I did. I stood Great. up. The, the huge flag. I mean, mm-hmm. I was into it, right? My, my Canadian was showing, and I was proud of it. Settled in to watch my squad. And your guy, Jose Barrios, right? Former, Not anymore. Former twin. Oh, he's my guy now. He's yours. Yeah, thanks. Um, <laughs> signed him to a big, 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 I think he makes like $500,000 a start. Okay. Something like that. Trendy got one out. Oh, right. And uh, his day was over. He had uh, given up six runs. His ERA is he'll uh, take uh, start his next game. He's 108. <laughs> Not uh, 10.8. No. 108. Men the point. Nowhere to go but up. You know what? That's a good way of looking at it. Glass half full. That's, I, I'm, yeah. That, you know what? I'm going to try and adapt that. Glass half full. Uh, but they came back and won. Anyways, it was it's just great to see baseball. It is. It really Flipping is. around, getting to see everything. We talked mm-hmm. Friday about Bobby Wood Jr. Yep. and his debut. I watched a lot of the Royals. I watched a lot of the Cardinals. You know what it is about the Cardinals? And I finally pinpointed it. Why I don't like that broadcast? Dan McLaughlin. Don't love him? Not the reason. Uh... Jim Edmonds won't shut up. <laughs> he talks constantly. Okay. Honest to God, it is. It's he's insufferable to begin with, and then it's just like, take a breath, let the game kind of flow. You know, we don't need you every single pitch. Just you know, silence is golden. Sometime coming from a talk show, right, right, right. right. But we're on radio, right, right, and we don't have pictures, right, that the our audience is is seeing. Just let the game play out, Jimmy. 
So he does not do a good job. He's off. I'm going to listen a little closer now. And, and see. you know what? It'll drive you nuts. I probably will. It, it drives me nuts how much this guy talks. Again, Dan McLaughlin's not my favorite, but I think it's Jim Edmonds that ruins the game for me. Speaking of uh, baseball announcer questions, I, I got an answer over the weekend. The last time we had a conversation last week, he said, oh, yeah, Dick Bremer. He did a, yes. did a Big Ten basketball game pretty right. recently. You're right. If you consider 2008 recently. That was the last at least gopher game that he did. 2008. So he has done basketball. He has done basketball, 2008. So if I wouldn't have put recently, I would have got the check mark? I, I would have given it to you. Okay. Because he did Hawkeye games back in the day. I remember yeah. him, Trent, doing basketball. But 2008. I got a good memory? Well, you said, you know, it was just a couple years ago. Yeah. I'm 14. Okay. 14 it's been years a while. ago. Been longer than I recall. I have a lot of those moments, too. Oh, yeah, just a couple years ago. No, trust me. They're, they're and it's going to get worse. Yeah. yeah. Um, don't take Prevagen, though. It's the biggest sucker thing going. Okay. It doesn't work. There's no studies that say this works. You Take a sugar cube. Uh-huh. It's the exact same thing. If you think it works, it might work for you. But these Prevagen, as they make me sick, honest to God, because they're stealing people's money. Oh, yeah. There's no science that says it works. Trust me, if it worked, I'd buy it, because I... You know, you get older, you mm-hmm. watch my mom. I don't want this to happen. And if there is something that will, you can't prevent it, but slow it down, I want to know. So I did my research. It doesn't work. Just. But anyways, yeah. enough about that. But yes, you will. You will. Um, it, it does. Yeah, just a few years back. Dick Bremer calling Big Ten basketball games. It's been a while. 2008. Yeah. <laughs> Seems it, like did, it. Was it a Hawkeye game? Did he do Hawks it was go a first May? He did, though. Yeah, he did. Iowa games apparently back in like the a lot of them he must have worked for like Raycom or something did he because that's what kind of part of his Wikipedia page talks about him doing Iowa basketball I don't think he maybe before Larry Morgan did he do some games before oh, Larry got the full time gig maybe because, because Bob Hogue was the original okay who was KWW. so when are you talking seventies eighties yeah late like seventy nine eighty mm-hmm. early eighties range so Bob Hogue was the guy that was kind of the originator of the Hawkeye network that went across the state he was. Keith Murphy for KWWL mm-hmm. up there before he moved out to Hawaii. That's where he finished his <laughs> career. Uh, working at Honolulu in the university. Nice. The voice of the Rainbow Warriors. Pretty good gig to end yeah. up his career. But he was the original. And a, there had to be somebody in between, right? Because I, I wonder when Larry got that. I game. don't know, but I think he was doing it when I moved here. Yeah. He, he's the he first was. voice I remember in 89. Yeah. And that's the one that I remember the most, mm-hmm. obviously, is Larry Morgan. But there had to be somebody else. Was there fill-ins? And they also did the thing, Raycom... Because for years, Larry and Mac would go together and call the Iowa Road game. Later on, it would be split. So they would go out to Michigan State. Larry would work with the Michigan State then color guy on TV. They did that for maybe two, three, four years, something like that. I don't remember Or Mac could go on the road. He'd work with the play-by-play guy of whoever they were playing. So Dick Bremer might have been that guy for the Gophers. And maybe that's kind of where that connection came. I do remember him doing Big Ten basketball. Recently. <laughs> recently, recently, that was before the f bomb drops. I'm trying to figure out how, how my career art, my yeah. career where it fit. Yeah, the f bombs had yet to had yet to drop, and boy, did that ever change kicks and all. Yes, it Holy did. Holy mackerel, did that change kicks and all. <laughs> Murph and Andy aren't here. Uh-huh. Kotler and company are working in the mornings. Um, John Miller's parked it from two to four. That's right. Yeah. 
He uh, he was uh, came on before us. Mm-hmm. And we did four to seven. Anyways, we are going to do some Iowa State conversation next. They are practicing outside this week. It's their final week of practice, I want to say, uh, as they were supposed to come to East to do Des Moines East. They're not. Uh, they're going to be in Gilbert this week, so one more opportunity for the media to see them. And then Iowa still got two weeks left, right? That's this, right. And then on Saturday, there's the twenty third, whatever it is. Yeah. They, uh, they've got an early morning, nine forty five. That's early morning and indeed. a weird start time, nine forty five. What's that all about? I don't know, but they're going to get it in, get it over with, and. Um, on we shall go. We will take our first time. By the way, just real quick, as I mentioned it last week in passing, about our friend Jerry Crawford, who had a horse that was trying to get enough points to win or to find his way into the Kentucky Derby. Mm-hmm. Horse won. Oh, wow. And it looks like he's a legitimate threat to win the run for the Roses. Now, I don't know if there's any other Iowa owners. Remember, mm-hmm. it was kind of, that was kind of the hook back in 2010 oh, yeah. when Patty O'Prado, because they were all Iowans that owned a little piece of this horse. Mm-hmm. Um well, Jerry's still doing that, but I don't think there might be a handful or a couple of them uh, in the ownership group. But Crawford's one of them, and there's in, he's got a place in the gate. Uh, does he look good? His horse's name is Mo Donegal. Mo Donegal. Mo Donegal. I'm guessing we'll get Crawford on before that. Yeah. Uh, it's 10:25. We'll take our time out. Nick Oson is coming up next. We'll get into Iowa State. Uh, what seems to be uh, catching Nick's eye. Uh, from what he's seen or what he's uh, listened to, talked to, and far as media avails. We'll come back with that on Miller & Condon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Now back to Miller & Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, Miller & Condon. Welcome back. Just past 1030 on a Monday. We take you up until noon. On Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Our number two, Matt Rudy from Golf Digest on the Masters. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic on the Hawkeyes. Right now, Nick Olson, 24-7 Sports Cyclone Alert.com. He joins us as we catch up on Iowa State. Hello, Nick. Trent and Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you? I'm great. Wanted to wish a happy birthday to our friend here today as well. How about Thank you. That? Thank Trent you. Condon. Yes. Absolutely. 42 for our buddy Trent Woof. Condon here today. Feeling every year of it. <laughs> uh, Nick, uh, where I want to start with you is I, I saw some Twitter. I think it was you retweeted it or I'm not sure, uh, but it was on 24-7 Sports. J.J. Cole was at a um, an event uh, but I think it was a seven on seven this past weekend. Uh, Ankeny Hawks now started with the Jags, moved across town playing for the Hawks. What's the likelihood that he's a cyclone? Do they feel good about getting JJ Cole? Where's he at in his recruiting? Yeah, so I would say they actually, I'd probably say feel really good. Um, I, I did like a crystal ball, you know, kind of prediction for him. Uh, it's the only official visit that he has set at uh, Iowa State here in June. He'll be taking a visit to Wisconsin later this week. Uh, but other than that, those are the only visits he has set. And I think just kind of based on the relationships and how often he's been getting to practice and, you know, really the time the Cyclones have been putting in, I would be relatively surprised at this point if he's not uh, Iowa State. You know, he's had a lot of eyes on him recently, and this weekend was no different. But, yeah, I would say as of right now, I'm pretty confident that is where he ends up. 
You know, Cole's such an interesting prospect, and seeing him begin his career at Ankeny Centennial made the move better fit for the offense at Ankeny and and moved to the south side of town. But watching him play, he is a big frame guy, six foot six, can really sling it. But from what I saw early last season to what he became by the end, boy, he made really? big time improvement huh. throughout the course of the year. I saw him early in the year, and I said, oh, boy, it didn't even seem like a guy that maybe should get some of the accolades. He made a big jump, I thought, last year. Have you seen him in person? Have you seen him throw the ball and, and those continued improvements that he's making right now, Nick? Yeah, I've been really impressed. I've, so I've watched clips and obviously talked to him in person three or four times. Uh, you know, we've kind of developed a relationship. And one thing, yeah, you kind of noted there that on-the-field improvement that's something that I feel you can continue to expect with a guy like this because he's somebody, especially for his age, puts so much pride and effort into, you know, kind of what he is, but also what he knows he can become. He's he's told me that he's got the highest of aspirations, you know, obviously, hopefully in his future, but also competing for, you know, national championships, playoff berths in college football. And I think his arm talent's obviously there. He moves pretty well for his size. And his accuracy has improved as well, like you noted. So I think if Iowa State does get him, they'd be really a big get for whoever does land Cole. I've been really impressed both on tape and off the field as well. Interesting. Uh, we're speaking with Nick Olson, 24-7 Sports. Of course, there is a, or since we last spoke, um, a deletion in the quarterback room. Uh, Bowman is going to hit the transfer portal. Kind of thought that way. We, In fact, we we brought it up in our conversation with you last Monday, Nick, that uh, that he may be kind of sliding down the depth chart a little bit. Um, guessing it didn't really catch too many people off guard. Uh, what? Uh, where do you think he ends up? And was this just, a, was this just you know, the right was on the wall. If he wants to play college football, he's probably going to have to go somewhere else to, to get that opportunity. Yeah, from what I've gathered, that that really was it. Just looked like eventually he wouldn't get the playing time that he'd hoped for. You know, obviously Deckers has kind of set himself apart. Ashton Cook is really impressed. And then we spoke about it on, on this show. You know, the true freshman Rocco, Rocco Beck looks really good as well. So I think that if he wants you know, to get that starting role, obviously most people aren't going into college just hoping to be a backup for a long time. He will have to go elsewhere. Obviously, it'll probably end up being like a, a smaller school. But, yeah, from what I, I gathered, you know, he enjoyed his time here. Plenty of friends and good relationships, but was just kind of sliding down the depth chart this spring. I want to go to wide receiver. And we know Xavier Hutchinson, he's going to put up huge numbers. He is a stud. Jalen Knoll, I, I think we saw a ton out of him mm-hmm. last season, a guy that can get involved. After that, though, you got guys that have been around for a while. You know, the Sean Shaws, we certainly know his name, Darren Wilson, guys like that. How about are the youngsters out of that wide receiver group? Who's got a chance to, to pop this year and go out there and catch 25, 30 balls? If you had to take a youngster, who jumps off the page to you? Yeah, I'm going to stick with, you know, the guy I've kind of had my eyes on really since I've been here, and that's Greg Gaines, the yeah. true freshman wide receiver out of Florida. I mean, I wrote about it too, just his technique, not just on top of, you know, talent, but his his technique, his attention to detail, his speed, his ability to run really most of the route tree already. I've been really impressed with him. Now I think uh, Jalen is kind of ready to take that jump this year. So there will definitely be some star power at the top between himself and X, like you mentioned, but I think Gaines is that guy, and honestly, I think he's got kind of an all-Big 12 NFL-type future. I mean, he's really impressed me from what I've seen, obviously the high school tape, but also limited in spring as well. 
Uh, Nick, uh, and this goes back to, uh, for well, a, lo- a long time with Iowa State. Uh, kicking has not been a real strength. Mavis, last year, I thought he was had a really, really nice year. Uh, Sally got better as his career went on. He was uh, inconsistent to begin. But, um, look, they're going to be in a lot of close games, right? And, and I know that you know, we, we, we tend to gravitate to the skill positions or the guys that um, you know jump out off, off television screens. Kicker's seldom that guy. But they're going to need one. Who have they got? And, and his... Uh, have you heard, have you had an opportunity uh, to discuss the kicking position, or the punter for that matter, because that was kind of uh, substandard last year as well. What about those two? Uh, anybody that's uh, stepping up uh, so far this spring? Yeah, from what I've heard and, you know, kind of seeing the kind of the conversation about special teams has been fairly limited. We'll probably get into that a little more this weekend. But quite honestly, kicker is wide open. Uh, a couple freshmen, you know, Tyler Bittman has, has impressed, at least from what I've seen. And I think that that's going to be a race similar to, like, tight end and, and corner, like we've talked about on this show, that could really go fairly deep into the, the spring and even deep into the summer to be figured out. But I would be relatively surprised if one of those really young guys, you know, either freshman or sophomore, aren't getting those chances because some of the talent at those positions is going to come from some of the guys that are newer on campus here at Iowa State. Nick Oson joining us, CycloneAlert.com, as we take a look at spring football here as it comes to a close this week. Working outdoors, we'll get our, hopefully, final glimpse of them on Friday. How disappointed was it from uh, the people that you talked to that this got moved to Gilbert, it was supposed to be there last Friday, and not having an opportunity to come down here to the capital city and, and get a look at things over at East High School? I know around here there are plenty of disappointed people that are hoping to be able to get out. Yeah, a lot of fans are disappointed, and honestly, I was too. I thought that it would be kind of a really nice opportunity for so many people, you know, from Des Moines to be able to, to check it out. Obviously, that city has plenty of talent and, and fans to be able to do so. And also, you know, it hurt that we weren't able to get kind of another view and, and opportunity to watch these guys. I was had the notes ready and ready to kind of give you the report of Tavon <laughs> Kyle. I know we had yeah. asked about on here. Uh, so I'm really hoping to get some more of that this weekend. But, yeah, certainly disappointment, and hopefully, you know, the weather holds off so we'll be able to watch them this weekend at least. Uh, one more on football, then a couple more on uh, basketball. They did uh, get a commit this weekend. Uh, Jake Sadowski, I believe is how you say his name, uh, a linebacker. What do we know about him? Yeah, he's been high on Iowa State's board for a while. Uh, this was the pretty – Good, exciting get for the team. He's played a lot of middle linebacker in high school, but he's going to kind of have the size and speed, versatility to play really anywhere. Mike Will, Sam, at the linebacker position. I know he thinks very highly of Iowa State, obviously, and now is just really excited to be able to kind of put the recruiting to the side. I spoke with him Saturday. He's a guy that just, you know, kind of lives and breathes football. He's got this setup. He'll be taking an official in June with some other potential linebackers in this cycle, but otherwise is really excited to just get back and play for Batavia's senior year and then get here to Iowa State. He's considering graduating early, but does not have that decision fully figured out yet. Uh, last one on football. I, I lied. Then we'll get to basketball. Uh, Jamison Patton was at that same camp uh, as Cole. What? Uh, where, where's he going? Yeah, so that one, you know, I've kind of said it's going to be the tightest race in the state, I believe. Uh, it's going to come down to Iowa State or Iowa, likely. Uh, there are some crystal balls in for Patton to go to Iowa State. Iowa thinks highly of him as well. If I had to, you know, give a lean right now, it's 
it's really close. I'd say Iowa State's been pushing harder and longer for him, and he's definitely spoken highly of that program as well. He's got an official set there. Don't expect a decision from him for a while. I, I can confidently say it's going to be close, but that'll come down to one of the two in-state schools probably in July, maybe August, right before the season starts. He's very close with J.J. Cole. They'll be playing high school ball together. Yeah. Also has a relationship with Kai Black, who is high on the Cyclones' radar as well. Yeah, you wonder if uh, maybe that's enough to push it over the edge there if J.J. Mm. Cole makes that commitment to Iowa State and Jamison Patton follows. But going to be a tight one uh, down to the wire. Ken mentioned it. We got basketball. We got, of course, recruiting going on on that front with the transfer portal. It's so hard to keep track. Really there are just is. so many names. You go to the national guys, and all right, Iowa State's involved in this guy. There's interest, and what does interest really mean? It's so difficult to decipher. What can you tell us, Nikos, and what's happening on the transfer talk for basketball? Yeah, I feel for these coaches, honestly, having to keep track of all these new guys jumping in and, you know, who they can potentially get. I'll I'll continue to boost that they're going to need some scoring at the guard position. Mm -hmm. And as for, you know, some names right now, uh, you can look at the big men, a couple actually guys from Wisconsin, Grant Basile from Wright State and uh, Ben Vanderplas from Ohio. Uh, Both are pretty high on Iowa State's radar right now. There have been, you know, deep conversations I would expect visits from them later this month but otherwise yeah kind of continuing to try to shore up the defense is that'll should be a continued strength and then scoring at the guard position is going to be paramount with the loss of Isaiah Brockington uh of course uh, I brought, uh, Brockington came in with Kalsher two big 10 transfers we know Brockington made uh, his announcement the day after they got bounced all, uh, I believe uh by, by Miami um but Kalsher has been very quiet. What what does that mean? What do you read into the fact that Gabe Kalsher has yet to at least make it public what his plans are for next year? Yeah, that's something I've been thinking about as well. I'm a little bit surprised, but it also kind of goes with his personality a little bit. I mean, from everything that I had heard, you know, I kind of last checked in on that last week. He's supposed to come back. I think that it'd be really good for both sides. I think he might just be, you know, kind of moving under the assumption that that's the plan. Maybe he's speaking with his family, seeing what's kind of best for him. But to my knowledge, Iowa State is operating under the fact that he will be part of the Cyclones program this upcoming season. And Aruna, yes or no? Highly doubtful. Yeah, okay. Uh, What else? I guess, I mean, it's still out there, the A.J. Green thing. Apparently he's... uh, um, kicking the tires on the NBA. He did that last year. If there is an opportunity, sounds like he would go pro. Uh, that maybe is the reason we haven't heard anything definitive on AJ Green. What, if anything, have you heard? Yeah, so I've heard a little bit similar uh, in the last week. Basically, it was just kind of a little more of an example of how badly he wants to go pro. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. that's the goal for a lot of these guys. I think, you know, part of it is kind of done with school he feels like however i don't see him you know jumping overseas because i think that he's got his mindset on the nba and i do think he's got the talent so what i see most likely at this point unless somebody kind of offers him a two-way deal is that he might dip into the transfer portal in the next couple weeks while still being focused on the draft of course and see what can come out of that i don't expect him to get drafted yet this year i think that would be you know, a bit of a surprise. So I wouldn't be shocked if he's entering, you know, to see kind of some other options at the college level 
in these next couple of weeks while still prepping for the NBA draft prospect. We shall see. Good stuff, Nick Olson. Uh, CycloneAlert.com, 24-7 sports. He'll be on the ground in Gilbert this week, and we will uh, speak with you uh, next Monday, Nick. Thanks for doing this, as always. Have a great week. Big week, guys. Thank you so much. Take care. Good to talk to you. Nick Olson, 24-7 sports, CycloneAlert.com. So who does this game remind you of A.J. Green, not Nick's? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> A.J. Green, who, like, NBA, NBA or guys that came, th- would he be a Matt Thomas? Not the same type of lights-out shooter. He's just not that consistent with okay. the shot. More of a playmaker okay. and with the ball in his hands. Boy, a good comp for A.J. Green. But would he be that playmaker? Look, Missouri Valley's a good conference. Yeah, I'm yeah. not poo-pooing that by any means. But uh, would he have the success if he was in the Big 12 or in the Big 10? I, th- I think so. Okay. I think he can be a playmaker. He's not going to be a guy that has the ball in his hands as much as he does, certainly with you and I and the way the offense is kind of built around him. Oh boy, yeah. That, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to grind on that one mm-hmm. to think of a good comp for AJ Green, kind of how he fits in. Yeah, hmm. I, I don't know if there's a pro future. I mean, six four point guard. If he's a point guard, yeah. Hey. But where is he physically? That's you know, after it. the injuries, it doesn't seem like he had the same bounce that he did as a freshman. Uh, struggled early, but can that but, come back? Yeah. I mean, I thought he got better as the year went on. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of people at the next level that liked him after his freshman campaign. So probably he wasn't draftable at that time. But, but he did in, he did put his name in he it, did, right, yeah. to get the feedback. Right. You wonder, boy, that's such a difficult decision. And listening to Nick, sounds like he wants to it's his dream, everybody's dream when yeah. he was a kid, right? He wanted to play sports, um, but he's closer than most of us. But is it is it realistic? Got to grind. Right? Grind down there in the G League, and if you're not drafted, and, mm-hmm. and just how difficult that is. And you go down there and you watch an Iowa Wolves game, just the amount of talent. It's just incredible, Trent. These are guys, and a lot of them realistically don't uh-huh. have a shot. And the other that. thing against him, too, he's going to be 23 in September. That's a big one. So if there is a an opportunity to go, I mean, sooner rather than later, right. unfortunately, that's the way the NBA likes it, right? Mm-hmm. They'd much rather take a 19- or 20-year-old. And try to mold them. Yeah, exactly. All right, we'll come back, finish up the hour. Uh, Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.2. And Ames. Before the hour of 11, Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Trent, last week after we had uh, Mike Palm from Circus Sports on the show, um, somebody reached out to to you, to our mm-hmm. Twitter account, asking about over-under win totals for college football as to when they're going to come out. Um, what do you think? Let me catch you off guard here. Okay. Iowa and Iowa State's over-under total from Vegas, when it is released, start with Iowa. I will will be. Where will they? Not saying how many games are going to win. Right. Where will, where will the uh, the properties put the over under total? More difficult schedule than a year ago. You got Ohio State, Michigan back on. Yep. Seven and a half. I went eight and a half. Eight and a half. Might be somewhere in the middle. Yeah, could could be. I mean, you got to put a hook on it. Don't have to. No, but but they usually right. You want to settle it. You don't want to wait all year and then get your money back. Then you're playing with some. uh, They don't want to give you your money back. You don't want to take it. Um, So yeah, right in that ballpark. What about Iowa State? The first number that jumped to my mind was five and a half. Me too. That's the one that that jumped right away. Mm -hmm. It is just it's so unknown. And when we were just talking with Nick Oson. 
Can we get a depth chart? No. I, I know we won't. The answer's no. I know we won't, but it would just, yeah. and especially this year more than, last year you didn't need one. Right, right. We knew everybody. Sure. When you return 20 starters, it's pretty easy. Right. We don't know these guys. Go to Cyclones.com. Click on the depth chart now. Brock Purdy. Brees Hall. They're not there. They're, they're not. I, I totally agree with you. I don't know why this cat's like this, but he is. A post-spring depth chart. Just mm-hmm. the, And can you use it as a motivational ploy for a guy that didn't make the depth just chart? Just anything. Try to find a way to not only feed the beast yep. and give people, all right, hey, I like this guy. I, I remember him being a recruit. Fans like all that stuff. Yes. They buy into it. They get into it. And us media types... It's something to give us mm-hmm. at least a baseline. Where are we? Right. Where are these guys? Right. These young guys now that we've been talking about and the development during last fall. And mm-hmm. now they'll get their first shot coming up this year. And we know it's not set in stone. We don't no, care. Exactly. Right. We know it's ultimately it's crap. Yep. Kirk has said this for years. Right. Yet he still puts it out and it feeds the beast. It mm-hmm. gives a talking point. That's what you want, right? And for Iowa State. Especially what, this year. They're trying to get people in the stands. Mm-hmm. You are coming off what was dubbed as a historic season coming up, and you mm-hmm. had all these things. It was an easy sell last year. This is not as easy of a no. sell as it was a year ago. And right. because of that, you're trying to get people excited and get people talking. Those are the kind of things that will get people talking. Just a release of the depth chart. It might take you 10 minutes. Just do it. And if, absolutely. We're not going to hold you to it. No. <laughs> if it doesn't play out the way that you have, right. it's okay. It's okay. Uh, so, so five and a half. What's their home schedule? Uh, Big Twelve. They get Baylor at home. Mm-hmm. They get K State at home. They get Oklahoma at home. Um, Texas Tech at home. Where's West Virginia? Got to be here this year. Was there last year? And then they finish at TC. I think. I'm not saying they're going to win five games, win six games, but I think that's the right number. I think I would put it at five and a half. One, two. Say they go two and one in the non-conference. You got to find four more wins to get to bowl eligibility. Baylor's going to be tough. Mm-hmm. Kansas, Kansas is going to be better, but that's a that's a win. Yeah, but Kansas is going to be better. K State, it's a, the, it's the series has turned, but yeah, it's a names. There's developing a little hatred there. Yes, their broadcaster's a real dick, isn't he? Really? Oh my gosh! Some of the, yeah, he's uh he loves to poke. He trolls big time. They're play-by-play yes. radio guy? Yes. Who is it? I don't know. I've never heard of him. The only reason I know him is because he just, he stokes the fire like you've never seen a bra. John Walters is not doing that. Right. Gary right. Dolphin's not playing those kind of cards, but this guy. Wyatt Thompson? Yeah, I don't know if that's his name. Might be. Check his Twitter. That's what it, I, I just clicked on his uh Is he the football radio? Yes. Then that'd be him. I think that's who it is. Native Kansan. Boy, he pokes. Anyways, we'll come back. Hour number two. Get it going with uh, Masters Conversation. Tigers committed to the British. Going to try and play in the PGA. That's what, the third week in May, I want to say? Is that what it is? Yeah. He's got about a month to recover. Boy, oh boy. I felt for him walking up 18. Yes, it was remarkable television, but man, he was struggling. Hour two coming up. Miller and Condon underway on a Monday. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.